everyone, and welcome to another episode of Taco Bata Tuesday, the show where we eat healthy, delicious tacos and have conversations about life. Anxiety may be something that is a part of me, but it's not who I am. I just want to let that simmer really quickly for those of you that clicked play on this episode today. I hear you. I see you. I feel you. Anxiety is the worst. But we don't have to let it control our lives. And I am really excited to share uh, some real, raw, genuine life stories that happened to me last week and how I was able to really dig deep into healing my anxiety and just going on that journey. So before, though, we get ourselves into this conversation today, let's go ahead and talk about the taco of the week. First off, y'all, last Wednesday was National Taco Day, and I'm sorry I didn't mention that on the pad, on the on the podcast, on the podcast. I hope that you went and you got your discounted tacos somewhere. October fourth, put it on the calendar for next year, was National Taco Day. You're welcome, but good thing for us, we get to have tacos every day because choice and freedom. And speaking of healthy, delicious tacos that we can eat at any time of the day, maybe maybe not breakfast, lunch and dinner for sure with this recipe, balsamic chicken tacos. Super freaking simple to make, which is such a priority for me right now as we enter another what feels like busy season of life, or maybe just life is always busy. So easy, simple is just lovely all the time. Uh, but the taste was just so like savory and comforting that it's perfect for cozy fall weather that is upon us now. So be sure to check out the recipe card before you leave the episode today. Ah, whew. Alrighty. Taking a deep breath here. <laughs> Cause I am honestly not a hundred percent sure how this episode is going to go. Um, so I just want to forewarn you. That this might be another one of those hard episodes. Uh, I, I might cry. I, I don't know. Um, but I am hoping that at the end of the day, when you listen to this and everything that I bring to it, you know that you are not alone. Last week was insanely hard in a way that I have never experienced before. I came off a weekend high. Where, you know, the man that I have been dating, him and I went to the mountains. And just the ability to feel at such peace after all of, like, the wounds that I've collected over the last year and a half and just early on in life. To feel like I was really with someone that was deserving of my time and energy and attention. And just feeling so safe and seen and heard. Like... It was such a great weekend for us to just have together. And when you come off of something with that much of a high where you're just like, I feel free. I feel like I'm at peace. And within 24 to 48 hours, your life gets turned on its head or what feels like it gets turned on its head by unforeseeable life events happening. I'm not going to talk about what those events are. I'm going to keep that private to myself just to protect myself. Um... But I basically got the rug pulled from underneath my feet. And it was the hardest hit after experiencing the high that I was just on. I'd had a lot fall, a lot further to fall. I was hit with uncertainty. 
I had zero control in the situation that was in front of me. My patience was for sure tested. And all of this created an anxious and super unhealthy mindset. I literally watched like on my Whoop app, I watched my recovery go down. Like it started off at like 95% at the beginning of the week. Then when the incident hit, it literally like plummeted all the way down to 14%. I have never been in the red that far before. I wasn't getting enough restorative sleep at night. And I for sure wasn't performing to my capacity in my workouts. Like because my body was so filled with emotional stress and just my mental capacity just wasn't there my body was just going under. Like I was for sure thinking I'm going to get super sick after this because like my my body's out trying to tackle other things right now. I was stuck in this ruminating thought pattern around what could potentially happen in the situation and thinking of the worst possible outcomes that truly ate me alive. So with that, I immediately knew that I was going to come on the podcast and talk about this this week. Um, I wanted to not only come on and talk about this to show people that you may think that have their shit together and have done a ton of personal growth. Like, I wanted to show that we still face our dark moments. But more importantly, I wanted to talk about how I navigated one of the hardest weeks that I've had in such a freaking long time. So that's what the episode is dedicated to today is healing anxiety. And when I say that, I don't say that you're going to do these things and it's going to be healed overnight. If there's anything that I learned, this stuff is always going to show up. Anxiety is always going to be some part of your life, but it does not have to control you and it does not have to take as big of a hit as it's maybe taken on you in the past. You can choose to take the wheel and redirect and find joy in the chaos. So when I say healing anxiety, it's not about like, okay, it's gone. It's about being able to manage it and heal yourself from the previous trauma that you've went through. So with that being said, I'm just going to openly talk about things that I did last week that really helped me navigate this certain situation that I went head up against. And where I want to start is talking about triggers. So when something triggers you, the first thing that tends to happen is your physical state completely changes. Stomach might drop, you feel like you might throw up, (laughs) probably don't want to eat, heart rate is through the roof, and your stress is just like it's flooding throughout your entire body. This is our body putting the flight or, sorry, flight or fight mechanism to work to protect us. At the end of the day, that's, that's what it's doing. But what I want to really highlight here is that we have to understand that this mechanism does not always work in our favor. In fact, This happens out of survival needs from when, you know, way back in the day when we literally were being hunted and had to survive (laughs) with who knows what out there. This was a survival mechanism that has continued to evolve over time. But unfortunately, the fear that we face, the things that we just face in life are not even remotely close to the kind of things that we faced back then as a early human population. So therefore, this mechanism that we experience, it just, it doesn't always do us favors. (laughs) So with that being said, when this trigger happens and your fight or flight response starts to kick in, 
it might fluff up our feathers a little bit more than we need it to for this specific situation and we end up reacting from a poor emotional state. Hence where I was at last week. (laughs) There would be random times throughout the day where I'd be totally fine and out of nowhere this anxiety in my body just hit and it was freaking crippling and I had to work to calm it down. And when this happened, the first thing that I would do to try and regulate my nervous system is I would move my body and connect with it in some way to let it know that I was here for it. I find so much peace and the ability to come internally when I move my body, like go on a walk or even a run, when I stretch, especially when I do breath work and I need to calm down the heart rate. I also just notice like what's happening inside my body, what I'm feeling, asking it certain questions to further understand the situation. So all of that just helped me find some sort of regulation. I wasn't fully like not hyperventilating, but I was definitely in more of a calm state to where I can be like, okay, what is actually happening? When I was able to find that calmness again, then I was able to find clarity and truth in the situation. And so if you are navigating anxiety often, what I highly recommend is that you go back to Maslow hierarchy of needs and you recognize that physical needs is at the very bottom. And we cannot go any higher up on that need scale if we don't handle that first. And so tapping into those things to really connect with your internal body to not only feel them, but then regulate it better, such as movement, breath work, stretching, things to come internally, I highly recommend that you start there. And one of my favorite um, types of breath work that I like to do is, I'm trying to remember the exact name of it. It has something to do with um, exhalations, obviously. Exhalations are actually what bring down your heart rate the most. So when you breathe in, it actually quickens your heart rate. When you exhale, it actually decreases your heart rate. And so you want to do a breath work that is focused on deeper, longer exhalations. And so one of my favorite ones is to breathe in as much air as you possibly can through your nose or through your mouth, actually. I don't think it necessarily matters. And then take in one more tiny little like of air and then like literally just let your shoulders, let everything fall, get all of the air out and exhale for as long as you can. It's something, oh gosh, it's coming to me. Something sigh. It's going to come to me by the end of this episode and then I'll tell you guys this. But that has been shown to really help regulate the nervous system and to bring down that stress and to calm our minds. So that is something that I'd highly recommend that you start with. Again, once I was able to find that calmness, then the clarity and the truth in the situation was the next step that I took. And this is where I took the time to understand my mental inventory at that specific moment. I would ask myself, what is actually happening in reality? What do I know to be true? And I honestly brain dump everything that was going through my head. So I got out a piece of paper and I started to journal. I would literally brain dump anything that was coming to mind, even if it didn't make sense, even if it didn't flow in like the perfect sentence or paragraph, it didn't matter. I got it out of my head and onto a piece of paper. When I got it all out and it was no longer bouncing around in my head, it was easier for me to not ruminate on it. And I was able to actually see it for what it was worth 
and start to really ask myself, now, is this stuff true or are these just thoughts that clearly aren't serving me and are just giving me this anxiety, this frustration, whatever it is that I was feeling? That was the one tactic that I used so heavily last week was this ability to separate myself from my thoughts. I was acknowledging them and I was listening to them and seeing them for what they were, but as a way to collect data and to hear myself out, not suppress myself and say, nope, we're not thinking about that because that's only going to allow for you to body those things up that much more. But then being able to look at it and just say, that's not necessarily true and repeating this in my head that this is just a thought. Thoughts are not truth and I have the choice to let this pass. That was everything for me last week was recognizing what were just thoughts out of fear and trying to protect myself to try and find some sort of answer in the midst of freaking uncertainty madness and what was true, what it is that I needed to say, hey, this is worth focusing my time and energy on that's going to lead to a productive outcome, aka productive action. So I think the biggest thing to take away from this is obviously this is going to be put into practice a little bit differently. Whatever resonated with you, obviously take what you need and leave what you don't. But understanding that thoughts are not truth and finding some difference between them is such a good skill to commonly build. So again, starting with that physical piece, being able to come back down to ground level so you can think clearly, and then being able to give yourself the space to hear yourself and see yourself and understand yourself. And then being able to distinguish these are thoughts. These are only thoughts. They are not truth. I'm going to find some distance from them. The next thing that I did was I started to dig a little bit deeper and I worked to understand my trigger. And instead of running away from the trigger, I actually ran to it. And for those of you that are filled with anxiety that deal with this often, uh, that probably made you want to poop your pants. <laughs> it's okay. It made me like sick to my stomach as well too. But let's be honest, you guys, it is so easy to want to turn away and put a band-aid on it. Like just say, oh, you know, like we're just going to cover this up really quick. Let's move on. Let's find joy. Let's do all the happy things. Trust me, I am right there with you guys. But the truth is, is that we will never get over our trigger and our wounds if we just leave them there to fester over time. And in fact, I think that they're going to get much worse. In fact, I know that they will get worse because these are things that have been constantly repeated throughout my life since I was in elementary school. And now they're just be shown, they're being shown on different levels, whether it's career, relationships, personal life, anything. And so it's time for me to stop being a wuss and running away from them and instead working to understand my trigger, not necessarily accept it. Well, actually, you know what? I take that back. You want to give yourself compassion and empathy. Like, no one prepared you for this. No one, I think, wanted you to go through the things that you've gone through. I know you for sure didn't. But by being able to just say, hey, this is what I went through and this is why I am the way that I am and I'm now understanding this for the first time, give yourself a little bit of empathy and compassion for, for that and find a way to just love on yourself. Give yourself a hug. Like, just be with yourself in that moment. Like, giving yourself that compassion of like, hey, it's okay and I understand and I see you and 
we're going to get through this together. Like that is, that was a lot for me, especially for someone that struggles to celebrate herself and fully see herself as she is, all of the amazingness that she's become. Giving yourself some compassion for that to just stop and be like, I'm not wrong. I'm not crazy. This is just the cards that I've been dealt and I'm finally taking the opportunity to work through it. Like that, that is everything. So just acknowledging it, giving yourself compassion and empathy for why these patterns have been built up in your life and why you act the way that you do. And then getting excited about looking forward to the future of like, okay, this is how I'm going to run towards it. I know that it's not going to be easy, but the more and more that I go towards it, the more that it's going to get easier. Like, think about it, you guys. I've talked about this with fear. When you go and you do something that scares the crap out of you, nine times out of ten, you walk out of that situation being like, oh, that actually wasn't that bad. In fact, I kind of want to try it again. I want to try it a little bit differently. This is the same thing. It's just wrapped up in a lot more layers (laughs) and it's just a trigger, right? So by being able to go into it and seeing how you react in certain situations and then using some of these skills that I've already talked about, you will slowly but surely get better and faster at picking yourself back up. So this is what I want to like leave you with when it comes to this final thing here is that, guys, the triggers are never going to go away. This is the anxiety, the triggers, like what you experience is never going to go away. It will impact you in some way, shape or form. But it won't be as harsh in the future if you do the work on the front end by actually going through it and not just trying to get over it and push it into a corner each time that it comes about. You're just going to get stronger and better and faster at picking yourself up off the ground. So it's up to you, right? It's up to you right now to make that choice of, okay, I'm going to go and seek out that trigger and face it head on and realize that I am stronger than I will ever know and I can totally do this. Or you can continue to be swallowed up by the same trigger for the rest of your life and miss out on so many opportunities for joy, for happiness, for seeking out the vision that you want for your life because you were just crippled by this trigger that was built way back when. That probably isn't even applicable to your life anymore, but yet you're still choosing to carry it. So it's up to you to make the choice to run to it or run from it. And I hope that you make the choice to run to it. Then this is the final step that I would say that I took. Um, And obviously all of this is still evolving coming into this week and still dealing with the bits and pieces of the situation. But this is where I started to step into a learner's mindset. And I found gratitude in the chaos by asking myself, what is life trying to teach me right now and how is it showing up for me in this moment? By changing my perspective and my pattern of thought to look at it from that learner's mindset and from gratitude of how life is showing up for me, it completely not only changed my physiological state, but it changed the way that I was thinking and the type of thoughts that I was having. Therefore, it allowed for me to have a really productive, not only conversation with myself, but productive action moving forward. Tony Robbins talks about this all the time. Life is not, your life is not your life. Your life is merely what you are choosing to see. What you are choosing to see is what you will experience. What you will experience will dictate the emotions that you have. The emotions that you have is how you will act, is how you will continue to move throughout your life. 
And so by putting yourself in this headspace, if I'm going to look at this through a learner's and gratitude-based mindset, it's going to help you take so much more of productive steps towards the right direction and redirect all of that work that you're trying to do. So when I looked at it through this lens, I realized that it was serving me exactly in the way that I've been asking for. I have been working so hard to heal my anxious attachment style very intentionally, especially the last couple of months. And while it's been going really well and I've made a ton of progress, I needed this moment to put me to the test, to put all of the skills and things that I've been learning to the test and actually allow for this situation to build me up and build that belief in myself that at the end of the day, I can count on myself and I don't need anyone else to help me get through this. I do want to take this moment to share just some things that I journaled when I got to this specific stage for anyone that's dealing with anxiety, anxious attachment style. These are the things that really helped me. And this journaling session was the most pivotal one for sure. And so the questions and the kind of prompts that I wrote down, these are all just things that I personally thought of. So obviously mimic them, take what you need, leave what you don't sort of evolve them however it is that you see fit for what you're going through. But I wrote down, what am I learning through this about my life, myself, and others? And I wrote down everything that I was learning through this, right? Tapping into that learner's growth-based mindset. Then I asked, what are my needs and my boundaries that this situation is highlighting that I not only need to focus on, but I need to communicate to other people? For those of us that are anxious attachment style are probably also really good at people-pleasing. And if I had to take a wild guess, all of you that are listening to this that can identify with one of those two categories, if not both, are probably like, yeah, you know what? It's really easy for me to not know, A, what my boundaries are, or if I do, I'm really good at just like letting people walk all over them or letting them slide in certain situations because I have a more positive view of people outwardly than I do of myself. I look at myself as less than others. I do not see myself as worthy or capable or as enough. I'm sure one of those things just resonated with you. So if that's the case, this question needs to be a non-negotiable that you truly answer. What are my needs and boundaries that the situation is highlighting that I need to focus on? And how can I better communicate those? When do I need to communicate those? Who do I need to communicate those to? The next thing I asked myself was when I get triggered, And I need a way to self-soothe, so not turning externally for validation, because again, us anxious people, all we want to do is have answers, have truth, have clarity, and validation from external resources. We have to get really good at turning internally and self-soothing ourselves to be like, hey, I got you. You can count on me. I'm here for you. So what are healthy dopamine hits for you, right? When I say dopamine hits, I mean self-soothing habits. A lot of us, I will say, probably turn to social media, right? Like trying to scroll through, trying to find something funny. I hope that that's not your your thing, your only thing. Um, I hope that there's healthier things. But I wrote down things again, like movement, getting out into nature. For God's sakes, if you've never watched Ted Lasso, you're missing out. It is worth the, the free trial, $7.99, whatever, a month. Go watch it. Go binge it. I'm giving you an, a permission right now to go and binge Ted Lasso. That just puts me in the best state ever. It makes me realize like 
we've all got shit that we're going through, but at the end of the day, everything's going to be okay. Oh, I freaking love that. So like I wrote down little things like that that give me a dopamine hit. So when I need to sell soup, this is how I hold myself. This is what I need to go do movement wise. This is, you know, some things that will help me not necessarily ignore the problem, but allow for me to get calm again so that I can, you know, work through what I need to work through. And then I wrote down, what do I love about myself? What do I love about myself? Again, us anxious attachment, anxiety filled individuals. We are always looking for external validation from other people, from other situations to tell us that we are worthy and that we are enough. It's time to flip the script and for you to tell yourself that you are capable of love and the love that you are most capable of and most deserving of and needing of right now is your own. So write down what it is that you love about yourself. And this is the part that got me like really, really emotional is because this stuff is hard for me. And writing all this stuff down, I'm like, wow, that was transformative. And also, I'm a freaking badass. <laughs> like, I hope you have that experience, not in the weird boasting, like ego-ish way, but in the way that you truly deserve and you've not given yourself the permission or the chance to have that experience yet. And then last but not least, I wrote down to be the best secure version of me. How do I need to show up every day and how do I need to treat myself? What are the things that I need to do? And that's where a lot of your answers are going to come from is from the question of, I mean, honestly, everything that you just wrote down is going to give you so many answers, but you just learned about what this situation brought to you learning lesson wise. You just better understood your needs and your boundaries and how to communicate those. You also learned how to sell soothe when it's time. And now you learn what you need to do every single day to show up the best version of you. To be able to be in that space. So when life hits uncontrollably like it did last week, you have a game plan of how you're going to continue to show up. Not because you're trying to push everything into a corner, but because you are showing yourself that you can. And that you can walk through this and get stronger on the other side. And this is where I'm going to leave you for today. Your rock bottom moments will be the most defining. And probably the most rewarding. It's not how you get knocked down, but it's how you are constantly, consciously, excuse me, choosing to get back up. Without this, I wouldn't have taken so much away and genuinely improved my relationship with myself. So instead of blaming the universe, asking why is this happening to me, take this beautiful opportunity and chance that you have to turn internally And finally count on yourself that you will make it through to the other side that much stronger. Thank you guys so much for showing up for you today. And if this episode truly impacted you, please do not hesitate to share the message with someone else that genuinely needs to hear it. I also encourage you to leave a review or rating on the podcast, no matter what platform you're coming from, just so that this can get pushed out to people that really need to hear this. And again, just from the bottom of my heart, you guys, thank you for also showing up for me. And listening to my stories, listening to my crazy journey through healing so many things that I've been through in life. And it's just such a gift to come on here every single week and to talk to you guys from behind a computer screen and a microphone to let you know that you are not alone and that together we will get through this. So until next time, go out there and run into your trigger. Run out to it, seek it, and show yourself that you can that you can get through this that much stronger. All right, you guys, we'll see you next week.